Hello and welcome. This is Pastor James, the host of The Essentials. It's a podcast about faith, about life, and about our attempts to be hope-filled as we journey through each day. I hope that you are all doing well. It is a beautiful spring day here in Wisconsin. The flowers are coming up. The trees are starting to look a little greener. We have been hitting the 70s. It is almost tropical compared to the winter and the long, slow spring that we have. So it's a great day to enjoy uh, the sunshine that's, that's shining right now. For this episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about communion. Not just communion, but how my experience of communion has shaped my understanding of not just my denomination that I serve, but the greater Christian church as a whole. There are some wonderful gifts found in our approach to communion, and there are some frustrations that come out in communion as well. I want to share a little bit of those with you today because I do think it helps us paint a picture of the Christian church in America today, some of the struggles that we have and some of the frustrations that I have as a young person who hopes to serve the church for many, many more decades and who can't help but wonder what the years ahead hold for us. So first for communion in the Moravian church, and specifically in my life experience, to tell you a little bit about the worldview that I have as I approach communion. So in the Moravian church, communion is practiced in a unique way. It's towards the end of our worship service, the elements, the bread, and the cup. In our church, it's those basically styrofoam wafers that have no expiration date and will outlive all of us. That's our bread. And then our cup is some Welch's grape juice. I know in many denominations and churches use the grape juice um, instead of the wine. This is out of respect for people who might have some substance abuse issues and who want access to communion and who would appreciate not having to face those issues as they receive the cup. But once the elements are blessed up front in the sanctuary, in our church, they are then brought to the congregation where they're seated in the pews. They're asked to stand and receive the bread and receive the cup um, in two different instances of serving. And once they've been served, they're asked to hang on to them to wait until everyone has been served so that we can partake, we can consume the elements together. Now, we do this for a couple of reasons. They are reminders for us. The first reminder is that Christ comes to us wherever we are in our life. Christ will seek us. That's why we bring the bread and the cup to the people where they're seated in the pews. But we also wait to partake as one community as a reminder for us that our faith is lived in community. Our faith isn't our own, but is shared by those who journey with us. Also in our church, we practice what's called an open table, which means anyone who feels called to accept this gift from Jesus is welcome to do so. 
You can be a member of our church. You can be a visitor. You could be there for the very first time. But if you feel called to accept that gift, we want to offer the gift to you. We believe that this is a gift from Jesus to us, and we are merely here to distribute it. We don't decide who is worthy, who deserves this gift from Christ. It's a gift from Jesus, and we are happy to share it with those who seek it, those who want to receive it. So that's where I'm coming from with communion. That's how I grew up taking communion as a kid. My understanding and appreciation of communion has certainly evolved over the years when you're very young and you go through the communion course to learn what it's all about. I'll admit that initially those communion Sundays, the first Sunday of the month, is, is the Sunday where you spend an extra 10 minutes in worship. You have to sing a couple extra songs and you start to wonder if you'll make it home in time to see kickoff for the Packer game. That's kind of what communion is when you're younger. You have an understanding of it, but I'd say not a great appreciation for it. And since I have grown up and am now a pastor myself, communion has totally changed from those necessary 10 minutes that you need to survive to something I enjoy with my whole heart, especially in the aspect of serving communion, because you get 50 or 60 one-on-one -on -one moments with the people who've gathered for worship. You get those two seconds of eye contact, and depending on the day, depending on what someone might be going through, those two seconds can mean everything. You might get a sense that there's a need there, that they are going through something, and you might be encouraged to check in with them later in the week. Or you go out and serve someone who you know is going through a difficult time. And that moment of service, that moment of eye contact, can let them know that they aren't walking alone, that you are here for them, that you care for them and love them. There have been so many times where I go out to serve communion and have a totally different perspective on my congregation in those 10 minutes. It is truly a gift that I enjoy. But if that's my experience of communion in the Moravian Church, it's worth mentioning that that hasn't been my experience of communion in every church that I've been to. Whether I'm visiting a church for a wedding, for a baptism, or for any other reason, and there happens to be communion, things are different. And I'll admit that it can bring some frustration at times, because depending on the church or the denomination, if you aren't a member there, you aren't welcome at Christ's table or aren't fully welcome at Christ's table. In some churches, you can go up and receive the bread, but not the cup. In others, you can go up and just receive a blessing, but you don't have access to the bread or the cup. And coming from an experience where all were welcomed at the table, where the effort was made to go out and serve the people who were gathered, it's tough to face something different in that way. It's tough to be a Christian your entire life. And for that given Sunday, you aren't welcome at Christ's table. 
doesn't feel very welcoming, doesn't feel very inclusive, and it is a frustrating thing. I respect the position of wanting those to take communion to be members. I understand the logistics behind it and the reasoning behind it, but ultimately I believe that this is a gift from Jesus. And I have a relationship with Jesus. I follow him and walk with him. But on those Sundays where I am a guest in your church, you are keeping me away from Jesus. You're keeping someone who might be seeking him for the first time away from Jesus. You are creating that barrier. And it's tough to see the church taking that position to keep someone away from Christ. Knowing how desperately we would want more people to follow him, we place requirements, we place circumstance and bars to clear before they're worthy at the table he set for his followers. It's a challenge to work through that. It really is frustrating. But also I have experienced it as I serve communion as well. There are times for a special worship service, a baptism, a memorial service where we happen to have communion, so we have a lot of guests there. But I'll know some of the family, and I'll know a few of the people who are there, and I'll know that they're actively involved in a different church, in a different denomination. And when it comes time for communion, I offer an explanation first about how we do things the logistics of things being brought to you, to wait, to try and keep everyone on the same page so they're not lost or overwhelmed trying something new. But I always finish it with the invitation of the open table to say, if you follow Jesus, if you feel called to accept this gift, this is his gift to you. We're essentially just handing it out that we want to help you continue your walk with him. Then I'll go out to serve, and many people accept the gift. Many people afterwards at the luncheon who are visitors will come up to me and say how much they appreciated being welcomed in the sacrament of communion. And that means everything to me, to know that someone enjoyed being a guest here, that they felt included, they felt loved. But if there's that gift in getting to serve someone communion who I haven't served before, there's also a, I guess, disappointment when I come out with the bread or with the cup to someone who I know is a Christian, who I know is active in their own church, and they politely decline Christ's gift to them. And I know that I, I've made it clear that as we offer communion, it's not to, to say that by accepting this gift, you believe everything we believe, you interpret the Bible the same way we do. It's not to say that by taking communion, we are exactly the same. It's not to say that you have to be a Moravian now and that you agree with all of our theology. It's just a gift from Jesus to you. And when people politely decline, I know there can be any number of reasons. 
I know it can be a comfort thing or maybe in their own setting. You have to be a member and they want to respect that. I, I understand there are many reasons why someone might turn down that offer if they are Christian. But in the most human part of me and maybe the least pastoral part of me, I've shared with my congregation that when people who are Christians turn down our gift of communion, this free gift from Jesus to them, it can feel like they're saying, our Jesus isn't good enough, that there's something wrong with our Jesus, something wrong with our faith, that it isn't good enough for them. And they'd rather have their own Jesus, their own Jesus at their church and in their denomination and with their beliefs. And I think that experience of communion is a perfect example of the church in America today, that many denominations think they have cornered the market on Jesus, that they have figured it out the best, that they get to decide who is welcome, who belongs, who deserves a seat at Jesus' table. They think they have mastered following Jesus and that they have appointed themselves to be the gatekeepers, not really to welcome people in, but more so to keep people away, to remind others of why they don't belong, to share with them what they need to change or what they need to do to deserve this gift from Jesus. And I think for all of our ecumenical relationships, for all of the ways that churches are getting along and working together based on their similarities, based on a shared mission and a shared belief in Jesus, the key movement in our church right now, in the greater Christian church, seems to be that group of churches that are longing to work together that are in uh, what we call full communion relationships with our own denomination, that we've worked through the language of saying, we believe essentially the same things. We interpret the Bible in a similar way. We want to follow Jesus in a similar way. We have different customs and different traditions, and we do have different denominations. But our mission and our belief is the same, that our faith in Jesus is so very similar. And in those full communion partnerships, we make it a point to work together, to walk together. Even though we have our own congregations and our own churches that we want to see where we can collaborate, where we can walk with one another instead of be so worried about how we're different. So there is a strong movement in that direction in the Christian church, where we get along, we collaborate, we see how we can share our gifts and our blessings with one another, that we feel welcomed and loved at each other's communion table. But also there is a group of Christianity that continues to seem like 
they're more worried about keeping people away. They're more worried about living into the differences that we have, living into what we disagree on, and doing so with an attitude that says they have the correct path, they have the correct interpretation, and unless you believe exactly those things, you don't belong. Not just you don't belong at their church, but in doing so, they're saying you don't belong at Christ's table. You aren't worthy. You haven't done enough. You don't believe the right things. And the gift that Christ has for them is kept from them. The love and the life of Jesus is kept behind closed doors. And that is a... Certainly a very frustrating thing to watch unfold, especially as a pastor, because I'm so encouraged by those relationships, both in my own setting, working with churches in our area, but also as I celebrate those relationships with other pastors, with other congregations, I am so aware of the places where my ministry, where my leadership as a pastor would not be respected or welcomed because I don't believe X, Y, Z. I don't fit in. And therefore, my ministry and my pursuit of following Jesus is not as good as a different brand or a different version. And that's going to continue to happen. I think that is the direction we are heading in our country where we have almost two large branches of the Christian church. One is trying to tell people they don't belong and aren't good enough and have done so many wrong things. And the other is, is erring on the side of inclusion and being welcoming and being loving, of keeping doors open, of keeping the table open. It's just scary for me to know that the volume in those voices of those two very different directions, the loudest voice comes from the side of the Christian church that wants to keep people away, that wants to tell people their Jesus is the only Jesus and they don't want a piece of our faith or our belief in him. That is the example being set by the Christian church. And for those who are seeking Jesus, those who are curious and want to know more, that's what they are hearing. That they don't belong, that they have to do a certain thing to even be considered worthy, that they're so overwhelmed by how exclusive the church is, that it's hard to see a path to Jesus through them. And I'm grateful that the denomination that I serve has been so open and so affirming and calls all who will accept the gift to the table. But I feel like that invitation is being muffled or silenced by other Christian voices. But that's something for me to work on as a church leader going forward. That's something for our congregation to continue to fight for, to continue to make a priority 
in our life as a community to make sure people know they are welcomed, they are loved, that they do not have to be perfect or believe every single thing we believe to belong and to be loved. So that's what I have for you today. That's my interpretation of how communion, a sacrament within our worship services, can speak to really a divide in our Christian church, a place of frustration, a place of tension, and something that we really need to work on. That if we want people to feel welcomed and loved, if we want them to accept the invitation to come to the Lord's table, we have to make sure that invitation is reaching their ears, that they know they are welcomed, that they can walk in just as they are and be embraced and be loved because not enough churches are making enough noise that people know they belong. They hear all of this noise on TV and in the news and they hear all of these bad experiences and it's a fair assumption to make that they won't be welcomed at church when that just isn't the case. It's a matter of finding the right community and the right congregation where they feel like they belong. And I hope that our Moravian Church, our other ecumenical partners, can continue to be bold in offering that invitation from Jesus, to spread it to all people, to try and chip away at those negative assumptions people have that the church is so exclusive and will rather reject than accept those who are curious. If you'd like to learn more about the church I serve, it's the Freedom Moravian Church. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we have a website as well. If you want to learn about the Moravian denomination, you can go to moravian.org, learn a little bit more about how we function and how we serve the world. So I thank you for listening. I hope that you are well and I will catch you next time.